I feel like when I'm doing hard things, I actually feel more alive when I'm challenging myself. And I just want to, yeah, showcase to young women that sport can be for life and change your life for the better. I'm grateful that running came into my life and I went from an extremely shy young girl to you know, a moderately shy adult now. Mm -hmm. I just felt the need to just do something challenging again. What is going on? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 183 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. Now, if you can't tell, (laughs) if you're a regular listener to the show, then maybe you notice that my voice isn't in the best shape, and that is because I had a time over the weekend at the New York City Marathon. Marathon number 10 in the books. What an unbelievable day. The city was electric and I am feeling just so inspired and motivated and also very, very sore. And my my voice has definitely been in a better place. I will be bringing you a recap of that day for this week's Hurdle Moment episode. I can't wait, but enough about me because today, I am so elated to bring you my conversation with Shalane Flanagan. I say this in the episode, but she needs no introduction in my eyes. Just in case, though, you need to get caught up to speed. Shalane Flanagan is a four-time Olympic runner, a silver medalist, the 2017 New York City Marathon champion, a coach for the Bowerman Track Club, and she just finished what they called to be Project Eclipse, which was six marathons in 42 days, all of them under three hours. Her fastest marathon, unbelievable showing here in New York, the final one, the big finale. She ran the New York Marathon on Sunday, two hours, 33 minutes, 32 seconds. This interview has been one that I have wanted to do forever, but to do it here this weekend, New York City Marathon weekend, live in front of an audience, thanks to my friends at Inside Tracker, it was absolutely remarkable. And we talked about so much, not just Project Eclipse and what went into this insane undertaking and why she even wanted to go slay six marathons back to back in the first place, but also, you know, how she got into running, how it was a part of her upbringing, what it was like for her to excel in college and the sacrifices that she's made along the way to be so great in this sport. We also talk about what running is like these days, having her son, Jack, her philosophy on the people that she surrounds herself with, how life was impacted over the last 18 months as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, her new cookbook co-authored with Elise Kopecki. And of course, we had to talk about her recovery, her fueling, her nutrition, all that good stuff. There is just so much wisdom, advice, tidbits, info about Shalane, goodness 
in this episode. Now, as I mentioned, this episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. I'm so grateful to share this sponsor with Shalane. They're really at the forefront of helping us get to better know our bodies. For those of you that are unfamiliar, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Now, during my marathon training at points, I had been feeling certainly a little bit sluggish and I was pumped when Inside Tracker reached out so that I could get a better understanding of what was going on. The startup kit was delivered straight to my door and with a simple DNA swab and blood draw, Inside Tracker delivered a plethora of useful information, including the result that I used to be low in iron and ferritin. And now, what I really love about Inside Tracker and what they do is that they work with you to give you tangible and clear recommendations on how you can positively improve things like your diet and your lifestyle when you're going after your goals. Now, like I said, Shalane also works with Inside Tracker, and so we have a special offer for you. Take advantage of Inside Tracker's limited edition Chalane Flanagan blood panel. 26.2% of all proceeds from purchases of the Chalane Flanagan panel will be donated to Girls on the Run NYC when you use this special code at sign up. The code is Girls on the Run 26. Again, that is Girls on the Run 26. Purchase the panel with the code at insidetracker.com slash Chalane. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you've yet to rate and review Hurdle, I would love for you just to take a couple of quick seconds and do that for me today. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, do it there, or wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, prepare to be inspired. <laughs> Let's get to hurdling. I'm so amped today to be here with Shalane Flanagan. I feel as though she needs no introduction, as I'm sure she hears that line all the time, but I'm going to give you just a little like top highlights here. 2017 NYC Marathon Champion feels pretty relevant to what we're here for this weekend. Four-time Olympian, Olympic silver medalist. Yesterday, you were inducted into the New York Roadrunners Hall of Fame. Yes. So let's hear it for Shalane. Mm -hmm. Welcome today. <laughs> So excited to be here with you. I feel as though a good way for us to kick off, maybe a little unconventional, but I'm gonna need some audience participation here. So how it's gonna work is I'm going to give you two options to pick which one is true about Shalane. Uh, Shalane, please don't participate. <laughs> okay. You yeah. will raise your hand with which one you think is correct, and then Shalane will tell us which one is correct. Oh, dear. Hopefully I don't fail this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Shalane's marathon PR. Is it either 2.22.56 or 2.21.14? It's 2.21.14 yeah. for those sitting at home. We ran it in Berlin a long time ago. Fun fact, that's uh, less time than it takes to watch the new Bond movie, which is much longer than that. Uh, and also a fun fact, what's the one world major you haven't run? Uh, well, Tokyo. I did my virtual Tokyo 
in Portland, Oregon, but <laughs> yes, yeah, still have to run Tokyo. Okay. How many superhero muffins are in Rise and Run, the new cookbook? Is it? <laughs> I don't even know. Is it? 20. 24. It's a lot. <laughs> or 18. I saw Shalane cheat on that a little bit. <laughs> Elise at prompted Elise. me. <laughs> uh, but that's been. correct. And it's uh, a little funny, to be honest, because how many superhero muffin recipes were in the first cookbook? Uh, the first one only had one. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we have come a very long way with the superhero fandom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question here. One of Shalane's parents held the re world record in the marathon. That's a fun fact. Fact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is it... Her mom or her dad? It was my mom, and um, does anyone know the time? This is how far women's distance running has come. This is, a, to me, really, anyone have a guess of what time the Any world guesses? record was when my mom said it? All right, just, just no, fill us none. in. Yeah, spoil. Okay, 2.57 was the world record then. All right, and the last question here. According to Shalane's former B Bowerman Track Club teammate, Amy Craig. This is the most nervous she's ever seen Shalane. Was it towing the line in Rio or throwing out the first pitch at the Red Sox game? I Rio. gave it away with my reaction. Yeah, I, think we, I don't even think I need to ask <laughs> yeah. them. Clearly, I am, uh, I am a, like a one-trick pony athlete. I, I like running. I stick to it. Um, throwing is not my thing. So <laughs> for sure, being in the, you know, throwing out the first pitch at the Boston Red Sox, that was terrifying. Yeah, don't ever ask me to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're saying a one-sport athlete, but it seems as though you excel at a lot of things. So what is something you don't excel at? Rowing. Um, I really want to be a great dancer, like hip hop dancing, but I don't. I don't actually think I'm good in my head. I'm like really good, but um, I don't know. You could ask Elise or any of my friends that are here what I'm not good at, and there's plenty. But um, I wish I was good at dancing. That, that's an answer. So you're like a hitch, stay in the safe zone, side to side dancer. Mm, probably, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, with the finger guns. With the finger guns. Okay. Not good. <laughs> All right. Well. I'd be remiss if I didn't start off with the question that everybody is wondering right now, which is how are you doing really at this point, <laughs> five marathons in? Now, just some context quick before I let you answer this for those that may somehow be not aware of what's happening here. Shalane is about to run her sixth marathon in 42 days here in New York City on tomorrow, November 7th. So Shalane... That sounds really silly, doesn't it? Right. When you say that, it sounds silly, but yeah. Well, how are you doing? <laughs> um, I am tired. I am very tired. Um, but you know what? Like, this has been the most fun I've ever had running, genuinely. Um, I think what's difficult and why I feel tired right now is I was on a roll. I had five of them really close back to back, and that kind of made it easy because as soon as I finished, I would recover, and then I've got another one. I get amped up but I've had three weeks kind of lingering to this one. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's like this luxurious amount of time. You're going to feel amazing. But the reality of my life is I have a son. I have a, another job of coaching, um, also writing cookbooks with Elise and the launch of our Rise and Run cookbook. So there's just been a lot of other things that have transpired in the last three weeks that have enhanced my life, but yet also I, it's made me tired. So I'm tired, but I feel the energy of New York I don't know, is unlike any other marathon. Like, you arrive here, and I get chills. I get butterflies. Like, there's something magical about this place. So, 
as soon as I got here, I feel like the energy has picked up for me personally. Um, plus, this place is just, um, you know, I have an incredible team here with me. Elise is running her first marathon on Sunday as well. So um, a lot of motivation to do a good job here. And I know that Jack is here as well. You brought him over to Central Park the other day. Talk to me about how that was, being back there in this place, 2017, big win, and now in such a different chapter of your life with him. Yeah, well, I think you saw me yesterday describe what it was like bringing him out to Central Park the other night. I started crying, like, immediately. could barely talk. Um, yeah, it's, it's really emotional. Like, a lot has happened since 2017 for all of us. Um, but Jack, um, we adopted him in 2020 during the pandemic when a lot of, you know, really tough moments. But he was like a shining light for my husband and I. He really, I mean, he made the pandemic not so terrible, obviously, by having him around and being able to spend so much time and bond with him. Um, and then to just kind of bring him back into what I felt was like a previous life. Um, and kind of have my worlds intertwine. It's been, yeah, it's been really emotional because I loved that chapter of my life. Um, but I'm actually so much happier now having him. And um, I just love having him around the people of the running community. I think they're just the best people, to be honest. And so I want him influenced by this community. And so bringing him into this has been like made everything just so much more meaningful, so much more depth to it, just like a lot more emotion in general. I know a lot of people look to you for running advice, but you have done the unthinkable by bringing him along with you over the last, you know, 41 days, tomorrow day 42. Yeah. Uh, any hot tip for traveling parents that they might need to know? Um, you need a Kate Borowitz and Colleen Little and Elise Kopecky and Courtney White in your life. Um, they're like the four moms. Um, so you, you need a team to be able to take care of children. And so I would definitely not recommend doing this alone doing it. Like having Jack there with me has been great. He's a really good kid. I will say that. Um, but he has his moments. He has his meltdowns, you know, face plant on the ground. Um, but yeah, it's, it's helped having people that really love him and help me be able to take care of him. But I think we've done things traveling because he's been with us that I don't think we would have done. Like when we were in Berlin, we went to the zoo, we went to the aquarium. I don't think a bunch of adults would have probably have gone and done that. But it was like, it made our experience actually so much better by having him and like forcing us to do things that we probably wouldn't have done. I love that. I yeah. love uh, the aquarium. I don't know. I feel like I could see you being like, you know what we should do today? <laughs> we should hit the aquarium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I've heard you. I mean, trust me, in preparing for this, I've listened to too many Shalane Flanagan podcasts to count. Mm -hmm. I've like watched old Shalane <laughs> Flanagan videos. I, you know, I'm just like the You're normal. tired of me already. Oh, basically. not at all. <laughs> not at all. But in doing this, I've heard you say now that this experience over the last 42 days has truly been very different, but also really beautiful and given you a new appreciation for run. I'd love if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, my relationship with running was very different as a professional athlete. Um, I think I derived a lot of my self-worth and confidence in my results. Like if you work hard, you want it showcased by a win or a record. And um, so there was a lot of 
like I felt like I was carrying around a lot of weight to to each run to be executed as best as it could be and um, you know I was driven constantly of like how can I be the best athlete and that was just 24 hours a day 365 days a year for like almost 20 years so um, now that that chapter of being a professional athlete and being paid to do that and now that I'm not paid to be an athlete the dynamic has drastically shifted and like for the better. Um, now running is just completely my own. Um, and I've described it as just being lighter. Like I don't feel like I'm carrying this weight of expectation that genuinely I placed on myself. But now it's just a lot more carefree. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a better relationship. And I've enjoyed being a part of the sport, being with the masses. You know, that elite start line is intense. Um, I, I When I finished Berlin uh, Marathon, uh, my team was like, how was it? I was like, it was great. I made so many friends out there. And they were like, what is, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, the elites don't talk to each other when we're out running a marathon. And so it's like two and a half hours in your own head, which is really dangerous. And I was like, I got to meet people and engage. And it was just completely different. And it just, I don't know. Was, I love what I'm doing right now. And I'm just like excited that I took the leap of faith to do this challenge because it's changed how I look at running. Yeah, I, uh, I would imagine that in those interactions, you had like a, a very mixed bag. Like some people probably completely blindsided by the fact that you're running next to them. Others like very sure coming up to you. Did anyone like just straight up seek you out like a homing missile out there? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I've had some very interesting conversations. Like one guy rolled up next to me in London. He's like, dude, your kid is so cute. And I was like, I know, right? He's like, yeah, Jack's awesome. Gave me a fist bump and then ran off. Um, a guy in Chicago rolled up next to me and he's like, yo, I, I got some of these uh, energy bites um, from your cookbook. You want one? And he like pulled out of his sweaty shorts. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I, he found me at the finish. He's like, I got an extra one. You want one? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really good. Um, no, it's, it's, I've had incredible interactions and genuinely like they're all like, like I said, it's just the best people. So yeah, really fun. You mentioned 20 years of professional running. Uh, back in college, you were already slaying and excelling beyond. Uh, at that point, did you know I wanted to go pro? Because I remember I read somewhere that you may have an arts background. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, yeah, I was in high school. We had like an art major program. I grew up in a little town north of Boston, and it was very big. In it, like arts program and so a lot of people went on to be in theater like I have really like famous classmates but everyone's like art heavy actually in fact my best friend lives here and she works for MoMA um, but anyways I basically essentially was creating an art portfolio to go to art school um, I knew I would run in college I was recruited to go run for the University of North Carolina um, but yeah, I didn't know really what the like landscape of professional running was. I'm like, wow, that seems cool. Like maybe I can do that, but I didn't know what it would take to actually be a professional runner. Um, so in college, I'm like, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. But I didn't know how that would work out to be honest. So it seems as though you've always found the joy in running. Would you say that's right? Yeah, I think I was a really shy young girl and running gave me a tremendous amount of confidence and that felt good. It felt good to be good at something. We all want to be good at something. And so, yeah, I stuck with it because I'm like, well, I'm actually 
good at this, so. So I think like maybe the everyday runner would hear this and they're like, wow, that sounds great. But like, I don't always find the joy in running. Like some days you go out there and you're like, wow, this like really sucks. I completely, it feels like I've never run before. Well, and I have those days too. Well, I remember yeah. yesterday you were saying like, I had the worst workout ever. And it was like two weeks ago and you were like, I don't know what we're going to do when we have to get to New York. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I had a really terrible workout um, with some of the Bowerman lead athletes um, that I've been kind of like hopping in their workouts and I was trying to chop it up to being like 6.45 in the morning and like pouring rain and such. But no, I felt terrible, but we all have those days. Um, and literally one week later, I went to go do a workout with that crew at 6.45 in the morning and I felt completely different athlete. So you just have to kind of ride the highs and lows and there are some days I get out there, I'm like, have I ever run before? I feel terrible. And, um, but I feel like one thing I've learned during the pandemic is like mood follows action. Like you, you don't always have to be motivated to actually get out there. Like you get out there to then get motivated has right. been kind of like the mantra. I saw that you shared that in Rise and Run as well. Yeah. I feel like um, for those individuals that those days really string together is kind of when it can really feel like a hurdle that's just you're unable to get over. So beyond riding the highs and lows, what actionable advice can you offer to someone who has who struggles making like regular movement a regular habit? Yeah, I mean, I... I genuinely believe like we all have a movement that speaks to us and it's not necessarily running like that ha happens to me be my like love language like movement um, you know for my dad now it's it's biking and but I, I also do believe in like a good variety because then it makes you appreciate when you do get to go for a run. So it's just being consistently active. It doesn't have to always be the same sport um, but I do believe that we derive like a connection to some type of movement like it can be dance and some people thrive off of doing it alone some people thrive off of like group environments like now um, you know for years I could do a lot of training by my own and be completely fine and, and enjoy it but now it's like if I don't have someone to run with I'm just it's not really my my thing I enjoy being in an environment where I'm talking and then I'm engaging I look at it as like social time now um, and I think especially with like people who are working a lot and like parents like meeting up with girlfriends and, and engaging over a run, there's like a special bond. I don't know why it is, but I have this theory that when you don't actually have to make eye contact, people will like pour their heart out to you mm -hmm. and tell you the craziest stuff. So like on runs, I'm always like, wow, like that was really insightful. And um, just because I feel like the lack of eye contact actually allows people to open up and maybe the movement makes them more free to share. So for the rest of the podcast, I'm yeah. actually just going <laughs> to stare this way and not look at Shalane. Uh, we've heard it called before the Shalane Lanigan effect. I think mm -hmm. they called it in the New York Times. You mentioned Bowerman Track Club. I'm obviously a coach over there right now. We all, I think, as individuals can reflect upon excellent coaches and mentors that we've had in our life. But these athletes that you train, they truly, truly look to you as a coach, as a mentor. Mentor, but I'm sure for you, you also learn so much from them. So if you think about maybe some of the best takeaways that you've had so far in your time coaching since you, I'll use these yeah. quotes, like retired because we've <laughs> talked about what we're doing here. What, what have you learned from your athletes? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be forever learning from them. But now that we've, you know, I've, I've flipped from being where they are to now where I sit in um, my view, I, I feel like 
what I've learned is like just to be a little bit more compassionate towards them and like some of the stressors that they go through. Um, it's not necessarily the physical stressors, it's more of like their mental health that um, I'm learning that they sometimes need more of the mental health like and help than they do the actual physical. Like anyone can write up the workouts and I believe, you know, running's not super complicated, but I do believe that it's become more prevalent to help address the mental side and mental component to have them get to that next level. Um, I think that's been neglected for a long time. And um, so I'm learning that I have to not just check in like, oh, how's your body feel today? Well, like, how do you feel? Like, oh, totality of the person. And I think, again, that has been neglected. And so I'm learning to, you know, make sure that we approach each athlete as uh, like their whole life, not and like them as a whole person, not just them that as an athlete, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think like going back to the idea of the effect, would you want to, do you want to tell us what the Shalane Flanagan effect is? I don't know, is? you can call it Lindsay Krause. She lives here. <laughs> um, no, that, that article like made me chuckle because I'm just like, I'm just being me and she like makes me sound really cool and I'm like, I'm not really that cool. But um, she, I, I mean, I just, I just believe that if we invest in other people, it can only elevate us mm -hmm. so and then when someone else has success that is also your success because you contributed to the success and there's plenty of room for people to share and to be successful like it's just it's fun to share that joy yeah, yeah. no it's super fun to share that joy I'll never forget in uh there was a research study that was released that actually talked exactly about that it talked about the benefits that you get as an athlete by lifting others up as you're on like literally in the act of it and I believe I read that study very conveniently right before the 2018 Boston Marathon. <laughs> a great time say. for Shalane and I both. <laughs> and I was out there, struggle city, like drenched. I think I was wearing a black trash bag. It was very, like, very <laughs> chic. And just running by people, I'm so miserable. And I'm like, you're doing great. Yeah, you're yeah. doing so well. And I mean, that day, even for you, it totally came into play. Yeah. Um, well, you're talking about my, my potty break. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, like, hinting at that, but, <laughs> yeah. like, Boosting others up has always play, seemed to play yeah. pretty well for you. So I, I feel like Des owes me, you know, a big pat on the back because she, um, I had to make a pit stop during the marathon in 2018 when we were all experiencing hypothermia. Um, so I just wanted to duck in a porta potty to get warm real quick. And she said, hey, I'll hang back and I'll wait for you and try to slow down the field. Well, the field noticed I went in there and they took off. So she hung back. But the concept is the act of her trying to help me, I think then bolstered her to be like, okay, I'm fine, I'm back in it. And she actually then was, wrote history. So yeah. um, her act of kindness towards me, because um, earlier in the race, like literally mile five, she's like, yo, I'm dropping out today. And I was like, it's mile five, Des. And she's like, yeah, no, it's not my day. I don't feel good. And I'm like, uh, you're Des and I was like, I was like, yo, no one feels good. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think she thought maybe like other people felt good. And I'm like, no, no one feels good. But um, then I think after that little interaction of the porter potty stop, she was like, yo, yeah, a lot of people don't feel good. Maybe I feel better than I think. And so it just allowed her to have a, a shift of, you know, like some positivity with it. Yeah, and I know, I mean, not just that day, but it, throughout your career, you've obviously had races that didn't go as you had hoped for so many um maybe two points of advice. One, 
what does someone do if they're in the middle of it and they realize that they need to pivot? Like maybe mm -hmm. you lace up, you're going to run the New York Marathon and tomorrow, like all that you've got is less than you'd hoped. How does <laughs> someone keep going in yeah. that moment? Well, I can say this. I, I've had more mediocre, disappointing races than I've had great races or exceeded my expectations. So the norm is like more towards like a little bit disappointed, right? But yeah, pivoting is essential. I, I like to, in my head, as I approach each race that I've run in my careers, I have like a list of three goals so that you're not ridden and just like obsessed with just the one goal. Because then if that one thing goes wrong, then you're like, oh, I'm done, can't do it, and like you want to like just give up, you can't have that happen. So, um, because believe me, I've done that before. So I always like to list out like I got goal one, goal two, goal three. On the way here, Elise and I were talking about like she's like someone talking. We were talking about goals, and she's like, "Well, I've already achieved my goal." And I'm like, "Wait, the gun hasn't gone off because she's running on Sunday." She's like, "No, just get to the start line healthy. Like that's my number one goal." Um, so it can be you know, really big audacious goals or it can be like very concrete, just like simple things, like just get to the start line healthy. That's awesome. Um, you know, so for like me, I'd be like, okay, yeah, on a perfect day, I'm winning on, you know, if not, if I'm not winning, then maybe I'm running a PB or maybe I'm placing top 10, you know? And so like when things were going awry, I would just be like, okay, well, that's not happening. I'll go, I'll move on to goal number two now and something to focus on. And like, that's tangible. What would you say the, I feel like you said big hairy as describing a word for like big hairy <laughs> audacious goals. Yeah. Um, what would you say the biggest, hairiest, most audacious goal you've ever set has been? Winning the New York City Marathon Yeah, by far. Yeah, it's hard. I had to face Mary Katani here so many times and she's really just a badass. So yeah, this is, this is where the world's best comes is New York, genuinely believe that. And so then let's fast forward a little bit to 2019, you making uh, the announcement that you're going to retire. For you at that time, um, coming off of back-to-back -back knee surgeries, something that so many people, I'm sure, are in your DMs about um, talking about injury and how to navigate that mm -hmm. experience, which can be so lonely for some. Give us some insight into where your head was at when you came to terms with the fact that this was what was on the docket for you? Yeah, I think I was in denial that I was going to have to go through knee surgery. So I tried everything under the sun. My PT, Colleen, is here. She and I came up with, like, everything that we could do to not have surgery because, like, that's the last resort option. But it was inevitable. Um, I had torn... Um, on both knees, a significant amount of my patella tendon off the bone. Um, so I now have cadaver tendons in both knees, screws, all sutured down. Um, the prognosis was not great. Um, I sought out one of the best doctors um, in the world for knee surgery. And he asked me, like, well, what's your goal? Uh, and I said, uh, just to be able to run again. And he's like, I can do that. But he's like, I just want you to know, like, likely probably not any professional running, right? And I'm like, yeah, we'll take that off the table. Um, so I, in my mind, was like, man, if I can just, one, run ever again, that would be great. And then, two, if, like, I could just run a few times a week, maybe 30 to 60 minutes, just enough to be able to, like, run with my athletes, like, 
man, I'll be so happy. And here I am. So that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I had a great surgeon. Um, I'm obviously really stubborn. And then I had great physical therapy. I think the, the back half, the surgeon can only do so much. You really have to do a lot with physical therapy. It's essential. And then obviously a good diet and taking care of yourself. Um, but upon you know, those two surgeries, um, I think when I, you stripped away, like, physical exercise, I could not do anything for, like, it was extremely painful, first of all, um, the surgeries, they were, it was really bad, but being, like, bedridden and not being able to really move much, from going from being so physically active and then being, like, inside so much, I, it was not good for my mental health, completely, I remember just feeling like, like, who am I, this is, like, a former shell of me, and, like, not just not feeling good at all. So it's really was difficult time. For now that you've gone through that, I'm sure that you're able to recognize that there are things that you can do to maybe like boost that mental health or reach out a little bit more um, and some reflections from that. So for someone that may be going through that exact experience right now, what do you have to offer them? My mental shift was like, oh, you know, I went from I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, feeling sorry for myself. And then I had to shift it and be like, well, I can do this. And then, you know, feeding off the momentum like, oh, I can get on crutches today. Oh, I get to I would celebrate the little tiniest things of being like, oh, I got out of my sweatpants today. Yeah, like I took a shower today. I, I can do these things instead of the I can't. Um, and that just like kept on just feeding on itself of like focusing on what I can do instead of what I can't. I think that, I mean, I would think that everyone's probably going to nod their heads and that's like what we learned over the last, you know, yeah. 12, 16, 18 months was yep. that we need to find those small wins and take some happiness and the smaller joys. Yep. For you over the last 16, 18 months, aside from spending more time with Jack <laughs> and now about to complete your sixth marathon in 42 days, yeah. what would you say have been some of the small joys for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, to me, the small joy is like, I think we took a lot of things for granted. Um, and so just the reemergence of the little things and like the sense of gratitude of just like even us sitting here all together, um, having events where we can even just giving like my friends a hug, um, touching one another again, like just like the, those kind of things, those have been like what were like taken for granted joys have become like huge joys to me. If you had to articulate maybe a high and low of this marathon journey for you, what would you say those are? Hmm. High, we'll start with the highs. Um, one of my favorite traditions that we started on this whole journey um, with the women that I've traveled with is we have champagne and fries after every marathon so I always have like that to look forward to like I get to the finish I'm like oh yes it's champagne and fries time <laughs> so um that's I'd say that's been a high and like just having them there at the finish like having people that care about you at the finish is makes it that much more fun and that much more motivating to get to the finish line as quick as possible um that combined with the ability to have Jack with me at all of these for the most part he didn't come to Chicago and Boston because that was a quick turnaround but yeah just having that support team at the finish line has been a, a huge um low would probably been walking in London it was like I was in a massive pain cave in London I misjudged my pacing and um the last like 10k 5k 
were really, really hard for me. Like mm. I was very, very uncomfortable and had to walk for the first time in a marathon. But um, it taught me a lot. Like now I actually think I'll be be a better coach in giving advice for the marathon because I had never gotten in that bad of a place before. So I th actually think it, you can turn it into a positive. I now can like recommend, like I told Elise a couple of times already, I'm like, it's okay to walk. Walking is very cool. It's great. <laughs> you should walk. If you need more fluid, you, you got a cramp. Um, it can actually go from like what could be a disaster of a day and maybe not finishing to then you got it. It's, it doesn't take long. Sometimes it's just 30 seconds and it changes the whole like trajectory of the actual race by doing that. I mean, speaking of Elise running her first marathon here in New York, a lot mm -hmm. of other beginners, I mean, I would argue if yeah. you like you're, you can be a beginner marathoner, but if you're about to go out for a marathon, then you're a pretty experienced runner, I would hope. So yeah. for those that are um, either tackling their first marathon here this weekend or maybe thinking that one day they could want to do something like that, <laughs> what do you tell them in terms of like maybe a best strategy tip or? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of things you could tell someone, um, but ultimately, they have to have like the desire to actually want to do it. Like you shouldn't do it because you feel pressured to do it. Um, there needs to be a genuine like desire to do a marathon because there's nothing easy about it. The training's not easy. The actual race is not easy. So like you gotta really want to do it and you gotta know your reason why you're doing it. And because if you don't have that why, then you have, uh, a lot of lonely miles of trying to figure out why you should put another foot in front of uh, in front of another. So, um, yeah, you just you got to know that reason why you want to do it and genuinely feel it in your in your soul. <laughs> Taking a break from today's episode to give Inside Tracker a little bit more love. Now, Inside Tracker, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, it analyzes what's going on in your body so that they can provide you a clear picture of what's happening. And to do that, I got a simple blood test and a DNA swab. And within two weeks time had so many useful insights right at my fingertips and then I was able to incorporate their recommendations like dietary shifts and getting more iron and making sure I was getting enough vitamin D to not only feel better in my day to day but perform better when I was going after my crazy big audacious goals. Thanks for that, Chalene. Now, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, they do have a great offer for you to do some good and get your own helpful insights as well. Take advantage of Inside Tracker's limited edition Shalane Flanagan blood panel, which 26.2% of all proceeds from purchases of the Shalane Flanagan panel will be donated to Girls on the Run NYC. When you use the special code GIRLSONTHERUN26, at sign up. Again, purchase the panel with the code girls on the run 26 at insidetracker.com slash shalane. That like makes me think about the opportunity cost that goes hand in hand with running a marathon, right? Like you'll talk to so many runners and especially elites that talk about not being able to go to family functions or weddings because yeah. they have to incorporate certain training into their routine and traveling just doesn't seem to be a part of it. When you think about some of the opportunity costs that you've undertaken, yeah. you know, over your career, what does that bring to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, if you have a hard goal and a big goal, um, there's always some sacrifices that go along with it. Um, 
to try to achieve something big. And um, I missed so many. I mean, I don't think I went, I didn't even go to Elise's wedding. Um, I missed so many um, of, you know, friends and families, um, gatherings. And fortunately, they were very understanding in my, my, my big, hairy, audacious goals. But yeah, now I, now I've, try to invest my time in supporting other people a lot more now. But yeah, the sport can require some selfishness to a degree, but it, at the same time, that selfishness um, also, when it does like play out, there's a lot of positive that goes along with it. Like I don't regret some of those decisions, even though they were really hard um, to do. And I, I felt like I was missing out a lot and it would make me sad a lot of times but um the joy that it, i also saw when i won the new york city marathon on on people that care about me their faces and the joy it brought them then that's it's just what you have to weigh the cost benefit it's interesting right because i like take a step back and i ask myself slash i'm about to ask you <laughs> like if you had gone through the last year and a half or two like imagine if the COVID-19 pandemic happened 10 years ago right yeah and we all have this like very, I would say, maybe a little bit different of a perspective on life and everything yeah. now than we did 18 months ago. So if you think about maybe some of those decisions at this point, having had the experiences you have had with your family, do you think that you may have made some of those same decisions? Yeah. You mean like missing out yeah. on some of those things? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I think at the same time, the pandemic has also made me realize like, seizing the opportunity right in front of me a little bit more not to be reckless but like you just I want to just throw myself into things because like you just it's like the you never know kind of scenario so now I feel like I I'm ending up saying like yes to things that maybe I would have been like no like wait till later wait till later I'm like kind of not in the wait till later mode I feel like a sense of urgency yeah. of when an opportunity presents itself to be like nope now's the time nope now's the time um, I think I was like really good at delayed gratification and now I'm like I get I get a little bit of worry because of the pandemic of like nope we need to like capitalize and we need to do it now for you I mean, this is a simple segue into why you chose to take on Project Eclipse, as it's called now, why you decided to make the call to run all six marathons in this short time span. Why don't you shed a little bit of light on that for us? Okay, there, there's a short answer, and then there's like a really long-winded answer. So, How long is the long-winded answer? <laughs> I don't know. I'll give you the short one. Is cool. I would say um, the reason like, or why I'm doing it is I like to just say because I can. And by that, I mean... I'm capable of it and I can. So like, I don't know, does that make sense? Like I, because I can and not everyone can. When, when the schedule came out and I was like, oh wow, like six marathons in 42 days, someone should do that. And then I thought, well, like, why, why would I say that someone else should? Like, why not me? So that's always been like a phrase that I've had in my career of like, so, oh, that would be great to do. I'm like, well, why not me? And I think everyone should always be asking themselves, like, why not me? Why can't that be me and doing that, you know, that, that big scary thing? But, yeah, also I just, uh, the reason more layers to it is I felt like 
basically I was struggling mentally and felt like very depressed during the pandemic and retiring and going through knee surgeries and I missed having a goal. I call it like the pandemic, like a goalless abyss. And I just felt the need to do something kind of hard again. And I feel like when I'm doing hard things, I actually feel more alive when I'm challenging myself. That, and I just wanna, yeah, showcase to young women that sport can be for life and change your life for the better. I'm grateful that running came into my life and I went from an extremely shy young girl to you know, a moderately shy adult now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's just, it's changed my life for the better. And um, I just felt the need to, to just do something challenging again. You mentioned going through that tough time of feeling a little bit depressed yeah. during the pandemic. I'm sure many people yeah. listening to this or watching this right now can certainly relate to that. For you, having so many eyes on you, does that make you feel some kind of way about how you're supposed to, quote unquote, present yourself outwardly, like Shalane Flanagan's not supposed to be depressed? <laughs> um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I just am like pretty good at being genuinely myself. Um, at least I try to like always do a gut check of like, are you genuinely doing this because you want to? Or are you trying to people please? And, you know, to a degree, we all do things to, you know, be a people pleaser. But yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't feel shy in sharing that, like, yeah, I didn't feel great during the pandemic. I think more people can relate to that than not. Um, And it's understandable, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, I just, I believe in trying to be as authentic as possible. Um, I'm probably not great at all the time, but yeah, I, I try not to worry about, what people think and if it is you know people think negative things then I'm like oh well then we probably wouldn't be friends so <laughs> who cares were there were there any considerations going into Project Eclipse that like made you kind of for a second be like wait is this the right thing uh yeah I mean I just generally worried maybe that I would do something to my knees and I didn't want to compromise the hard work that my surgeon had done and um, my PT had done and just you know getting back to a good place of actually running so I was definitely worried about that um, and I was able to use this Nike sports research lab and they've been monitoring my knees throughout the whole thing and doing scans to make sure I wasn't doing any damage because at the end of the day I didn't want to be injured again you know so while I wanted to do this I was like wait can I physically really do it just because it's here doesn't mean it's here so that's been really nice to know that like I have that and then using inside tracker um, being able to track my biomarkers through my blood to make sure I'm maintaining good health throughout this whole project and then obviously eating from rise and run I mean I've got a team of people behind the scenes to make sure but like my ultimate worry and concern was is just like staying healthy I didn't want to be out here being like you know, breaking things um, and just, you know, looking like I was reckless. I want to be able to promote health and wellness and taking care of yourself. Um, And so that's why I enlisted a really great support system to be able to do it. I mean, you're definitely highlighting something that is so important. Again, the support system, I think so often we want to prove to ourselves that like, I've got this on my own, I can do it. But sometimes reaching out for help, extending your hand and being like, hey, I can't do this alone. Getting to that place of admitting that is the first step. I think I'm actually like too good at it. (laughs) I'm like, I need help. I need help. I need help. Um, So yeah, I mean, I am an advocate. If you don't know that area, like get the best people around you. People have said like, oh, the success you've had. I'm like, it's only because I'm... 
I'm honest and be like, I don't know how to do that. Like, and I need your help. Like, I need help with this. I need help. And like not being afraid to me, it's like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you find the best people to help you? Do you remember a circumstance where was there, I mean, was there a specific time that you reflect on where maybe you weren't as good at that and you kind of learned a lesson about it the hard way? I'm sure there is a great story there. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it's, I'm sure for absolutely it's happened. And I'm sure that's why now I am so good at it. <laughs> Saying, so good at it. Please help. Yeah. When you announced that you were going to, to do this, I'm sure you also probably got some like feedback and then maybe also some like helpful advice or tips and tricks yourself. Can you think of anyone's advice to you embarking on this journey that really stands out? I think I got a lot more like you're crazy. Um, <laughs> one of the big thing is just been like my nutrition and trying to dial that in to make sure I'm getting in enough calories and monitoring that component I think has been like where people have really reached out. I think um, they, people in general like know that I understand the running component, um, even though this is like completely new to me, I've never done anything like this. So it's like, how do you even prepare for it? But I think the biggest thing is like, I've been relying on my team for my nutrition has been like the big one and that they've reached out and I've been really trying to listen and do a good job with that. We mentioned 24 different superhero muffins <laughs> in the Rise and Run cookbook. Do you yeah. have a favorite? Um, the dark chocolate banana are probably my favorite. The so, one yeah. of two superhero muffins I've ever made. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> the OGs, the yeah. original super, super, wow. Yeah. Super. The original muffin. <laughs> yeah. And then this one from Rise and Run. It's okay. a good one. Yes. Yeah. You can't, yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> so we're talking about the importance of nutrition. It feels like a really great time for me to maybe, uh, call upon Stevie from Inside Tracker. You guys had worked together over the last, you know, handful of months as well as previous to that. And in working together, um, you definitely learned a lot. Stevie, as I said, a registered dietitian. And so shedding some light on what it is that you've been go doing and your, your little journey here. Uh, Stevie, talk to us about what you've learned working with Shalane. She is a, a superhero herself. Um, after looking at some of her blood work <laughs> after Boston and Chicago back to back. Um, but honestly, getting more real, a little bit more scientific, that you can tell in her blood work since we've been working together, specifically starting um, right after she got back from the Olympics, how much her and her team have really worked to dial in her nutrition and her recovery. Obviously, we know Shalane, Elise, they have these amazing cookbooks as resources for all runners and active individuals, even anyone just looking to eat a little bit healthier. So they know how to eat, they know how to fuel, but especially when you're taking on a big challenge, right? For some people that might be go on couch to 10K or for Shalane, it's doing all of these marathons that when, yes, you can eat healthy, you can eat your vegetables and whole grains, but by using uh, blood work, blood biomarkers through Inside Tracker, we've really been able to help guide her to take that to the next level, take a closer look, and see how she can continue to fine tune with all this, you know, not just physical stress, um, but also the mental and emotional stress of all the travel and momming and all, everything mm -hmm. she has on her plate, nutrition and, and kind of monitoring 
are we fueling our bodies not just for all these amazing marathons, but also all of the other responsibilities and things that we love to make sure that we're staying healthy doing that. And she's done an awesome, awesome job um, through her blood work. I was like, I had been waiting for the results yeah. <laughs> after all of them. And when I saw them after Boston and Chicago, I was like, oh my gosh. But, yeah. So yeah. can we share like just a little bit like, so for example, we did a baseline test in August after the Olympics. It showed that I was kind of stressed after the Olympics, rightfully so, um, watching my athletes compete. Um, and then we did um, a test right after uh, Berlin and London. And again, some of the typical like markers of cortisol was spiked, um, the AS, ALT. AST and ALT, which are uh, liver like, enzymes that also indicate muscle breakdown, muscle damage, yeah. along with creatine kinase, and as well as your inflammation. Those all went up, which would be a normal yeah. response. Um, those will elevate uh, right after a marathon. They should start to drop back dropped down within seven days of completing a marathon. So those elevated. Yes. But then. <laughs> but then I did the double header of the Chicago Boston back to back, which you think would be obviously kind of traumatic to the body. Um, but I think I'd done a good job of like adjusting after we saw some of the biomarkers kind of spike up. I actually had better markers after the Chicago Boston, um, just because I was a little bit more on top of stuff um, and took the feedback. and my levels had dropped in, so, in terms of some of those like ir ir irritations to the body essentially, um, which was like crazy to see, um, yeah. Didn't you take an ice bath after Chicago? <laughs> yes. Everyone goes to buy multiple, yeah. multiple bags yes. of ice and gets in an ice They're bath. They're just torture. They're, ter <laughs> they're terrible. But um, I've seen results, so I was like, uh, if there's one time to do it, now would be a good time, so yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty remarkable to see those drops. And then we did one more kind of a few, like a couple weeks, like nine days after you did your virtual Tokyo. Yeah. And some of those markers, markers already went back down into her optimized zone, yeah. which was pretty incredible and nice to see like, okay, yes, she has all the life stress with, you know, rise and run launching, everything else she's handling, coaching again. But everything she's done has really set herself up to come into this, you know, grand finale of Project Eclipse ready to go so ready yeah. to go yeah. My no excuses here now <laughs> <laughs> I mean one no more pressure. question yeah. for you before I let you go Stevie is for those that are interested I mean it's so easy right to just be like I'm gonna go get a blood test on Tuesday but then what happens after that like making that appointment is literally the easiest part because so many people don't follow up to understand what these results mean for them so why is that important why is it important to maybe talk with a registered dietitian or maybe more in depth with a physician about what we're seeing as a part of getting blood work? Yeah, that's a great point, great question. So yes, of course, information is helpful. It's good to have those markers, whether it's your first blood test or your fifth blood test, but it's just like anything. They could just sit there. And then if you don't take any actions to improve them, they're never going to get better. Um, with Inside Tracker, we will give you uh, an action plan with recommendations, very, easy digestible things that you can start to do, um, whether it's through nutrition, lifestyle, rest. If you choose to take supplements, um, we give very scientific and guided supplement advice. Um, but if it's something that's still confusing to you or you're unsure of how to 
to put those actions into place in a way that will benefit you, working with someone to help you break it down, make it a little bit easier, and kind of fit your preferences, your lifestyle, make those small actions that are, of course, goals that are attainable and achievable. So then you can start to feel better, have more energy. And, you know, as Shalane has said, you know, she wants to run forever. I find that testing with Inside Tracker is a really, really good way to kind of get that longevity in sport. So you're not just worrying about performance right now, but also keeping an eye on your health long term as well. Thank you so much for shedding you're, you're some welcome. light on that. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, I do want to go back to the note that you said before about it's important to have multiple goals, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk really close to this microphone now while this siren goes by so that <laughs> it's very at home New York it right sounds now. Sounds fine. Uh, love New York. I um you you mentioned the importance of having three goals, right? Like having multiple things that you can aim for mm -hmm. going into any race and it was so funny to me that you said the number 3 because I'll never forget that my old boss, her name is Liz Plosser, she's now the editor in chief at Women's Health. She always told me when it comes to running for her she also had three goals and it was the goal that like you like put out there publicly the goal that like maybe you tell your friends and the goal you tell no one right <laughs> yeah. like the goal that just sits like right in the middle of your chest and like yeah. your anxious zone that's like mm -hmm. all of your scary big potential yeah do you want to talk a little bit about where your goals are at going in to New York <laughs> well the like, which one? I, I mean, don't know. I'm, like, waiting uh, <laughs> for you to give us the big deal I think yet. what everyone knows is that I want to finish tomorrow, for sure, finish Project Clips. But the one that, you know, I'm keeping closer to my chest, um, that would be, like, I, we've all had this, like, hopefully, where you get out there and you're like, I'm having a day. I feel great. And you're kind of in this state of flow. You're like, you click off the mouse, you're like, ooh, like, that's nice. That didn't feel that hard, you know, and it just like comes natural and you're not forcing it. I would love to have that kind of a day tomorrow, have it click, feel good. You know, it's not going to feel good the entire way, but just in that state of flow where you can enjoy running, where it's not a struggle and you have to really, you know, grit down. Um, and so that, I can run fast, but yet I can enjoy what New York City Marathon has to offer. My ultimate goal for myself is to been, is to like enjoy these marathons. And so I would love if they coincided with just entering in that state of flow where things come nice and natural and easy, and I get to enjoy it. You and I have the same goal. That's so <laughs> Great. awesome. Great. Yes. Wow. Never thought. <laughs> Never thought. Yeah. I mean, now... As we mentioned before, you said that you really try not to worry about what all the other people think as you're going about, you know, your life. Uh, many of us follow you on Instagram. One of the 400,000 people that follow you on Instagram, uh, when they come to your page, they see a woman that has now retired, but a professional runner um, and a mother uh, doing a lot of really cool, fun things over in Oregon. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I have no, I don't even know. Um, who am I? I don't know. I mean, I, I have what I like would hope that I think about myself. I don't know. I mean, I, again, I just hope that like I am as close to being authentically me as possible in general, but I don't know. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm, fairly confident person and um, I don't know that yeah that I feel good about myself and um, proud of what I do I, I I try to yeah do things that I'm like 
you know, I, I feel like we should at times, like you can look to other people for inspiration, but at, at the end of the day, like hopefully we all like find inspiration in what we do. So hopefully like, you know, when I look at myself like, and be like, yeah, that was, that was good. You're doing a good job. You're doing so. a good job. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this opportunity right now. We have thumbs up in the back. Shalane's yeah. doing great. I'm going to take this opportunity right now to open up for about like 10 to 15 minutes to audience questions. We do have a microphone that they will bring you, but what will happen is they will bring you the microphone. You will ask it. I will reiterate it, and then we will move forward. So this is your big moment right now, really, to get outside of your comfort zone, as Shalane's done many times, and maybe ask her a question. So feel free to raise your hand. I'll go with Audrey, front right. Hi, both of you. Um, first of all, thank you so much for this today. This has been so exciting and great. Um, my name's Audrey. I'm from Boston. Um, I know that you still have to run tomorrow, but I was wondering what's been your favorite marathon throughout this project and why? Audrey wants to know what Shalane's favorite marathon has been from Project Eclipse. The one thus far, I think tomorrow is probably going to be my favorite, but yeah. um, just projecting that. But thus far, uh, it's actually one that surprised me um, because it, I was basically the race director of it. Um, it was uh, the virtual Tokyo in Portland. I had very low expectations just because there was going to be, it's not a real race, a lot, there was no you know, typical enthusiasm of crowds and other runners. Um, it was basically just myself and my family and my team of people supporting me out on this island called Savi Island, outside of the city of Portland, where there's uh, pumpkin patches and farms and cows. And it's, it's very beautiful. Um, and I've trained on it, um, you know, for years now. And I just was like, really tired going into it thinking oh i just don't have a lot of energy and it won't be that fun just because it's not a real race with other people but it was actually my favorite i had so much fun it was um you know nike was great they set up the course for me um, i got to pick out where i wanted to run it how i wanted to run it made my own bib that said Jack's mom. Um, I got my own playlist of music. Um, I even had one of my athletes hop in for a good chunk towards the end, Courtney Ferrix, who's an Olympic silver medalist, you know, no big deal. Um, and yeah, we just, and Jack was there and I, it was just a blast. Like we had so much fun um, putting it together and just dictating, you know, whenever I wanted to start was when we started. It was very chill and relaxing um, and I didn't, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as, as I did. Two things yeah. to double click on from that response. The first yeah. thing is like referencing Courtney as being Olympic silver medalist. So it's like there's two Olympic silver medalists just out for a run on a course that's unsanctioned. Yeah. You didn't get anything yeah. blocked off. So there's yeah. cars going by. Does anyone realize what's happening as they drive by you? Well, we had, yeah, I have the, the cutest Nike team. The, you know, one of, one of the guys had like one of those, um, you know, reflector vests and he would hop out of his car and he'd act like he knew what he was doing, like directing traffic. And so that was really cute. We even had like, um, like tent porta potties. Like it wasn't a real porta potty. It was like a, I don't, I don't even know, like a bucket, but it had like <laughs> a tent over it. And like we had, even that we had a fire pit. I mean, it was, it was very cool. And you mentioned a DIY playlist. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the playlist? Oh, yeah. Kate, uh, I think, contributed. So did Colleen. It was like a conglomerate of, you know, everyone's taste in music. Even my dad had a few songs in there. Um, yeah. I think my favorite one is American Woman by uh, Lenny Kravitz. That was my favorite on there. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, goes to update my marathon playlist yeah. <laughs> before tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Next question. Hands up. Yes, right here. 
Hi, I'm Fabriana. I'm from um, Missouri, or I've lived in New York for about eight years now. I love your post-race champagne and fries <laughs> ritual. I was wondering if you have a favorite pre-race dinner the night before and or like pre-race ritual that's not nutrition related. Fabriana yeah. wants to know about your pre-race dinner or tradition yes. situation. Um, well, yeah, in general for marathons, you stick with like tried and true. Unfortunately, you do not want to be experimenting very much. Um, so like I've been eating very boring these last few days just because I'm trying to just stick with safe foods. Um, and it is rice, chicken and sweet potatoes. My go to um, ritual. I am very much like an organized person. So the night before I, my bag is already packed. I've literally got the kit ready to go. I don't want to have to think I want to go on automatic pilot the next morning and not be scrambling. So my pre-race ritual is like early to bed, um, maybe a nice bath if I need it. And just being like very organized. I'll even like write out like at what time I should take a sip of coffee. Like it'll be that detailed if I need it to be. Um, but I'll work back from like gun time all the way from when I wake up and I list out everything I'm gonna need to do and what time, buses, all that. So that, yeah, I'm not like stressed before I get to the start line. I don't wanna like run a race before I run my race. So um, that's kind of like my, my thing to get centered and organized. And when you're traveling, are you staying in hotels or are you staying places where you'd be able to make your own food? Um, no, we have just been having to like do a lot of research and scramble to just try to find the right foods. Um, but I have been packing a lot of superhero muffins and the race day oatmeal that transports really well. The dinner situation, obviously they need a little more fresh, not going to be taking that all over the world with me. But um, yeah, a lot of like our breakfast stuff is what I've been snacking on and taking with me because it's really easy to like transfer and port. Another audience question. I see one over here on the left. Hi, I'm Jen. Um, I'm from north of Boston as well. Grew up in Hamilton, Love so it. just up the street from Marblehead. Um, but my question for you is, can you just run us through what the logistics were like in terms of getting from Chicago to Boston? Because I feel like you must have really had to hustle. And I've kind of always imagined what that plane, that flight must have been like for all the other athletes that were doing Chicago, Boston. And can you just walk us through what those 48 hours were like for you? Jen wants to know, yeah. Jen. Yeah. Jen wants to know what it was like getting quickly from Chicago to Boston. Yeah. The quicker I finish in Chicago is the like easier and, you know, pad time to get everything manipulated. But yeah, we picked out a pretty tight schedule to make sure I got into Boston so that I had like a little time to decompress, get, um, you know, get some food and get some, you know, like a light massage with my PT who's been traveling. Um, so that allowed me to, I didn't want to be getting in at like 11 PM and then having to get up at like 4 AM. Um, it was a really tight turnaround. Um, so I think the thing is, is we, as soon as I finished, I think we took, yeah, we took like a cart, like a, I don't know, whatever, what is it called? Golf cart, took a <laughs> golf cart right from the finish line to the hotel, ran in, rinsed off real quick, didn't even wash my hair, rinsed off. Um, a car was waiting on the backside of the hotel because all the streets were like shut down. So to try to get to where we need to go to get to the airport, um, that was like strategically placed, um, the van. And then we all piled in, everyone that was with me. In fact, my friend who was gonna be running with me in Boston, he works for Nike and was an old teammate of mine. He was there, so um, we got everyone 
um, on the van, loaded up. Um, Nike and some of my support team already had like food. We had smoothies in there, just chugging and trying to get like refueled and rehydrated as quick as possible. Um, so yeah, the van ride was just consumption of food and beverages as much as possible. Got to the airport and I think we actually had some like luxurious amount of time. It wasn't like super stressful. Um, just because everything was so organized and detailed um, and ate some more food in the airport, got on the plane, took a nap, got off, um, went straight to uh, the hotel. As soon as we got in, more food, um, more drinks, and I had a massage um, and some work done with my PT, Colleen, um, ice bath, and then to bed. And then it was maybe like seven hours later, maybe six hours later, back up again to, to do it all over. So, yeah, it was smooth. It, it could have, you know, could have easily have been really stressful, but I think because we planned everything out so well, um, it, was, it wasn't that bad. So the answer to your question is Shalane flew commercial. She didn't yeah. have a private jet. No. No. Yes. <laughs> to go to Boston. No. I'll take another audience question. Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm from California. And my question, you've talked about your nutrition, your rest, your recovery to get you through the last 41 days. What's kept you in the mental game? from day one all the way through tomorrow, if you've had mental hurdles, mental struggles, you know, is it visualization? Is it recognition of your, you know, past? What is it that keeps you in the mental game? Sarah is a hurdler who won a spot to come here and hang out with you today. Oh, cool. Uh, but she wants yeah. to know about what keeps you in the game mentally here right now after 41 <laughs> days and 20, <laughs> 10 hours. For me right now is like I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. So like there's not an element of fun. Like I like to describe running now as like I'm gonna go play running. It shouldn't it shouldn't feel like you like you have to do it. I know it sounds weird because it's like it's an individual thing, but it should feel like you're playing to a degree. There should be an element of fun in running. Um, and so like I try to assess like well what seems fun for my running today and on different days like certain things seem more fun than others. So I don't know, This to me, this challenge seemed fun. I didn't realize how much I was gonna have, like how much joy it was gonna bring me. I was like, oh, that, that could be really cool. And, um, but yeah, so I, I like to try to phrase it in my head, like I'm gonna go play running today. So, um, you know, for me, getting new challenges is, is what keeps me in the game right now. I think having variety, um, doing, doing things on the roads, but you know, my next, thing that I think I want to do is doing some more stuff on the trails like I live in a beautiful part of the country in Oregon and there's incredible access to trails and so just doing more more girlfriend type trips and involving trails to me that seems fun and that's what like keeps me intrigued and in, in the in the game we've uh, the last couple of questions have focused on mental health for someone who's like just so in their head whether maybe it's like Maybe it's before, you know, a regular run or maybe it's before a marathon and they're psyching themselves out. They're freaking out. Yeah. What is it that you say to yourself when maybe that kind of creeps into your ecosystem? <laughs> uh, I try to look at it as like, I don't have to do this. Like I get to do this. Like the, it's just all about like rephrasing it. Like I don't have to go run tomorrow, but I get to like, that's a privilege. Like I stand on the start line and there should be a deep sense of gratitude and like this is a privilege to be able to do this like not everyone can do this like and especially coming from a time where I thought like I wouldn't really be able to run um it's like even more so like the gratitude is tremendous so if you're like too much inside your head like you got to be thinking about like 
wow, this is a privilege. I bet you there's so many people that you could list out that would wish they were me right now. So like that should just give you a good sense of like gratitude and excitement for what you're about to do. Hands raised in the audience for who would like to be Shalane for a day. Yeah, okay, that's what I had a hunch. The way that I end the show every time is asking my guests about how they would perhaps offer themselves a piece of advice looking back on a hurdle moment in their journey. For you, you talked about the difficulty that came hand in hand with the beginning of the pandemic, the surgeries, yeah. the emotional toll it took on you. Uh, what piece of advice would you, Shalane, right now, November 6th, 2021, I had to think about the date for a second, yeah. give to Shalane at that time during that hurdle moment looking back on it? Yeah, just not take anything for granted and, and really like be in the moment. Like a lot of people have been asking, like, what are you going to do next? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm living in the moment. Um, so definitely just appreciating what you're doing at this moment. Um, sometimes I think we're so goal oriented past what we're doing. So, yeah. Let's give it up for Shalane. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate you coming here to join us today. A huge thank you to Inside Tracker for hosting us. I couldn't be more grateful. I had to put, like, take off my fangirl moment to, like, have this here with you today, but I'm going to put it back on okay. for tomorrow because I feel like it's going to help me on my okay. way. Um, but thanks to everyone for coming, and thanks to Shalane for all of your wisdom. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.